This podcast is brought to you by the book, The Memoir Project, a thoroughly non-standardized text for writing in life, published by Grand Central Publishing. Recently updated and reissued in a new edition, it will teach you everything you need to know to write memoir. For more information, see the show notes or purchase wherever books are sold. Welcome to QWERTY. I'm Marion Roach-Smith. And I'm David Leet. Each episode, we talk to writers from all genres to discover what makes a good read. And along the way, we discuss their writing process, discover their tips, and talk about what matters most to writers. So step away from the computer or typewriter for a bit and join us. Today, we're talking to Zoe Francois. Now, this woman has 800,000 copies of her books in print. That's almost a million, folks. And guess what? Her whole success began when her co-writer called into a radio show one day and pitched their book. And guess what happened? We'll take a listen. Good morning, Marion. Good morning, David. Well, today we are in my wheelhouse, and that is of cooking and of food and of cookbooks. And today's guest is actually a culinary crush of mine, along <laughs> with, it's true, it's true, don't laugh. Along, my mother would be very happy I had a female crush. <laughs> along, so with, happy. <laughs> along with Dory Greenspan, and that is Zoe Francois, who is coming to us from the Twin Cities. And she's half the team, uh, along with Jeff Hertzberg, who wrote the Artisan Bread in Five Minutes a Day cookbooks. And so here's the list The New Artisan Bread in Five Minutes a Day, Gluten Free Artisan Bread in Five Minutes a Day, The New Healthy Artisan Bread in Five Minutes a Day. Artisan Pizza and Flatbreads in Five Minutes a Day. And her most recent and beautiful book is Holiday and Celebration Bread in Five Minutes a Day. You know, I'm exhausted <laughs> reading that list. Can you imagine having written all those books? <laughs> and you actually, she should be brought up on indecency charges for public indecency for her Instagram feed, which is pure oh, food porn. It is. I've looked. Oh, dear. So welcome. <laughs> so it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. And I have to say, I haven't quite gotten over being introduced in the same sentence with Dory Greenspan. So I will. Oh, there you I go. will. I have the it's kind of wonderful. <laughs> So Zoe, I I have to ask you about your background. I was fascinated reading up on you that you grew up in the Northeast Kingdom. I know the Northeast Kingdom. For those people who don't, it's the top of Vermont. Mm. And that you grew up in a commune in the Northeast Kingdom. I know it from going dog sledding up there, from going fly fishing up there. But it's a place of extreme weather. It, there are very few neighbors. And this wonderful sense of you growing up on a commune Although you do say that your parents taught you that raisins were sugar uh, and desserts. Dessert. A dessert. Here's a yeah. raisin. Yeah. And um, that you swore you'd never bring that forward, but that you apparently did the same thing to your own child. I I I'll leave that between you and your children. But but I couldn't help but ask, this idea of a Northern Vermont commune, it can't have left you. In other words, like where... What place does it have in the cooking and the writing that you yeah. partake in today? Yeah, it's so interesting because it's it's that influence is sort of come and gone. And I've, you know, I've gone through periods of absolutely resenting my parents for 
um, you know, pretending that raisins were candy and, <laughs> and, you know, going to public school eventually and discovering Twinkies and just, you know, like, what were you people thinking when this magic is on the earth? And then going back, reverting back and realizing, yeah, no, I think, you know, this is probably not the best thing for me. I went through a long period where I didn't eat sugar. And in fact, and not many people know this, but I went into the CIA, the uh, Culinary Institute of America, not eating sugar. And wow. I wanted to go there to understand the food science and sort of the chemistry that was going on so that I can create these, you know, beautiful, gorgeous, light as feather pastries, not using sugar. Pretty much the day I stepped on the campus, I got seduced back into sugar. <laughs> so, oh, the evils of sugar. Did somebody wave a Twinkie at you? But no, well, they, I they just wouldn't saw it, you know, this yeah. sugar work that was going on and this, you know, just the beauty of it and the textures that you can achieve with sugar mm-hmm. are really different than the things that you can get through maple syrup or honey or any of the malts or, you know, so it was, um, I go back and forth. I'm, I'm one of those people that can have a taste of something and be really satisfied. And so I believe in moderation with the sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, you may not know that if you ever step foot in my house, cause there's cakes everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that relationship and that sort of there, that imprint that I had as a kid is always there. I'm always aware of it. And I'm also, you know, having grown up using alternative sugars, they've always just been part of my repertoire. It's, they're not, it's not something new or unique to me. That is just part of how I bake and how I cook. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. <laughs> And Zoe, for those folks who maybe don't know your cookbooks, those four people out there listening who don't know your cookbooks, <laughs> tell them a little bit about what five-minute-a-day bread is. Oh, yeah, interesting. So, um, you know, Jeff, my co-author, uh, learned how to bake bread from his wife when he was a resident in medical school. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was working 100 hours a week and basically just started stripping parts of the process away. And so, you know, he wasn't kneading the bread. He wasn't letting it, the yeast proof. He wasn't punching it down. He wasn't doing any of those things that us trained bakers held sacred. And then I met him fast forward many, many years. And he told me about this crazy bread that he was baking. He had one or two recipes and he said, try this once he found out I was a pastry chef. And it took me a long time because, you know, I was a trained chef. I could read a recipe. I read this recipe and thought this is going to be absolute trash. And we were friends. I didn't want to hurt his feelings. And then he's he's persistent. So I did finally try it and it blew me away. And basically the process is you dump the ingredients. It's the our master recipe is water, flour, yeast, and salt. You dump that into a big bucket. We're making enough for about four loaves of bread all at one time. And you just stir all of that together. You're not kneading it. 
you let it rise to let the yeast activate and do its thing. And two hours later, you can be baking bread or you can refrigerate that batch for up to two weeks. And so as you want a loaf of bread, you just pull a piece out, you shape it, you let it rise and you bake it. And it could not be any easier and it could not be any more delicious. And I knew that if people got their hands on this technique, that they wouldn't be intimidated by the process. And so I told him, you have to write a book about this. And that's where it started. That's where it started. And Marion, I can attest both on the ease of this recipe and the deliciousness of the bread. I've made a gazillion and a half loaves. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen them on your your Instagram Uh and places. But but here's the thing that this this idea blew the basically the oven doors off of the cooking Mm. world when you did this. I mean, I think for people need to understand that this literally did, people said no, just like you did originally. I did. I said no. Right. And so what was the turnaround (laughs) time between the no to yes to let's write a book. In other words, you know, from idea oh, to book is yeah. really where so many people have aha moments, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then they don't do it. Yeah. He, you know, he shared the recipe with me. I tried it. And the very next day I said, you know, cause I'd been teaching pastry, baking, mm-hmm. I would teach a class. People would be more likely to build a five tiered wedding cake than they would be to bake a loaf of bread because they were just scared of yeast. They were scared of the whole process of how long it took of, you know, uh, they just thought it was some magical element. And I was like, if people knew how simple this was, they would do it and not just do it, but do it for their daily bread, like bake all their bread. And we have groups and groups of people that bake all of their bread. They don't buy bread at all anymore because of it. So it was really me trying it the next day saying, you need to get this in front of people. And Jeff had gone on to, well, the Splendid Table. He went, Mm -hmm. he called into the Splendid Table and asked Lynn Rosetta the Casper how to get a book published. And she gave him all this terrific advice about writing columns and newspapers and getting your name out there. And there was just no way he was ever going to do that. But an editor from St. Martin's Press was listening to that show and called in and asked Lynn to connect um, her to... Talk about love. (laughs) And that Ruth Cavan ended up being our editor. And so I love was, that story. That's that a crazy? great publishing story. See, folks, if you just <laughs> go on the radio, you'll get your own book. It's not that hard. Why are these writers always saying it's so hard to get a book published? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then Lynn uh, introduced introduced us to her um, agent, and mm-hmm. we were off and running. And yeah, I mean, I did this as. An interest. I thought, how fun. You know, he said, I'll do this book if you do it with me. And I was like, sure. I was home with my kids. I thought my parents would love to have a copy. And it was really just, you know, for the process of putting a cookbook together, I thought it would be really interesting. Jeff was positive it was going to do well. I, I don't have maybe the confidence <laughs> that he had. Um, and you know, it sold out, I think they printed 5,000 copies the first run, and we sold out in a week, and then they printed wow. another 5,000, and it just sort of went on like that. It was, 
it was really quite an experience. And there are and half, now, half a million copies in print. There are we 800, have 800, about 800,000 copies in print. And that's like, all of the titles together. But yeah. I have to say that the first title, um, the, which is now the new Artisan Bread in Five Minutes a Day, has about 500,000 of those 800. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the new Artisan Bread, this is what I think is fascinating that may really help our listeners. You're one of the few people I know who has gone through the process of mm-hmm. updating and revising, mm-hmm. updating yes. and revising. Most people don't have a chance to update their book I mean, you're not going to update a novel, let's say. Um, and so what, tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about the process of updating and revising. I have to say that's probably one of the things I'm most grateful for. Um, This was really the pet project of our editor, Mm -hmm. um, the first book. And she, you know, got this for, you know, she had the great wisdom (laughs) or insight to see that this book might do well. Um, But they didn't put a lot of money behind it because we were first-time authors. Um, Neither of us had done anything like this. Mm -hmm. And um, so the publisher didn't put a lot behind it. So our first book was, I think there were eight photographs in it. They didn't want to give us an index. We had to fight, fight, fight for an (laughs) index, um, which is just crazy in a cookbook. It is. you know, there were just lots of things that we asked for that they weren't really willing to invest in. And then Mm -hmm. once it sort of caught on and it was selling, they actually came to us and said, okay, this is doing really well. We want you to do the book that you would have done if we would have let you do anything. Oh my goodness. I've never heard that (laughs) sentence spoken. Really? All we have to do is get on a radio show, get a book, and then the publisher will say, we'll give you whatever book you really want to write. Right. Okay. But there was, there. okay. However, uh-huh. it didn't really work out exactly that way because there still weren't as many pictures. I mean, you know, cookbooks today, mm-hmm. they have a picture for every, every recipe. recipe and we yeah. still had inserts. And, you know, so it wasn't exactly that. It wasn't my dream book, but it was a whole lot better. And we... Mm-hmm added uh, all the things um, with the exception of all the pictures I would have put in there because cooking is such a visual medium. I mean, you really, you see what you're going to eat and you experience what you're going to eat through your eyes before you ever taste anything. And Mm -hmm. so I know people are inspired by and educated by the photography. So that for me was such a huge piece of it. So the early revisions, were they just more recipes? Uh, were mm. they explanation or, or um, a kind of an accordion out of technique? Mm, yeah. What, were, what so, did it consist of? Well, the day that we put out the first book, we also started our website. So we were the very first author, cookbook authors to be in communication with our audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was part of our strategy to make up for all the things that the publisher hadn't let us do, like have photographs. So we added right. photographs to the website. We added videos. We were answering questions just because we knew 
that bread baking was intimidating to people. Mm-hmm. And so we learned so much from communicating with these people. We, we learned what we hadn't put in the book. We learned what was missing for them to make this the easy experience that it could be, that we knew that it could be. And so we got to add all of those things. And people were getting more and more sophisticated about cooking and baking because of websites and the internet. And the, you know, sort of the globe is getting smaller and people were starting to weigh their ingredients as opposed to using cup measures, which, you know, in baking makes all the difference in the world. So we started out with cup measures. And in the next edition, we got to add a chart that had weights as well. We expanded some of the explanations and we, um, you know, and we cut back on some other ones that felt like they were going on too long and actually making things more complicated. So we got to do a little bit of everything, more photographs, more recipes. Um, So it was just more of just about everything, including the index. We got a much better index. (laughs) So so this integration with your, with various platforms Mm -hmm. really supports the, the, the brand. And that is a really interesting yeah. and very important lesson I think for the readers to understand Absolutely. And, and baking can't be the only topic on which you can do this you get some feedback you make some mm-hmm. changes mm-hmm. you take what little what limitations your publisher puts on you you say okay you're not gonna put enough pictures on we're mm-hmm. gonna put pictures over here that's a wonderful lesson and, yeah and did you have advice on how to take all that information <laughs> or did you were you just winging it it's so funny because I actually asked the publisher for their marketing material because as you know publishers don't necessarily and especially for a project like this that they didn't put a lot of money behind they weren't going to do any marketing for us and we had to figure it out and I said okay well just send me sort of your marketing how-to and they're like that doesn't exist (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like what so we have to so We actually just started reaching out to bloggers and said, here, we want to send you this book. Um, We, and the publisher was like, you're what? That sounds like a waste of time. So we were ahead of the publishers in terms of understanding that Mm -hmm. absolutely everything that was going to happen for us was going to happen online, that we were not television stars. I mean, the Food Network was huge at that time already. We were not Food Network stars. We didn't have TV shows. We weren't in, you know, major publications because nobody knew who we were. And so we had to, we reached out to every single food blog that we could find. We sent them the book and asked them to bake from it. And that's how it happened. It just sort of one person did it and it just snowballed from there. So we really had to figure out, we really did have to reinvent the wheel for marketing a book. Um, Maybe somebody else had done it, but they sure weren't sharing information with us. And I think that you guys were pioneers in the idea of crowdsourcing because you were hearing back from your readers. You were hearing back from cooks and bakers about what worked, what didn't, things that weren't clear. And you were using all that information to constantly improve all of the editions of the books that you were doing, which is very smart. So you went from updating and revising your books to then suddenly doing what 
we could consider a line extension. You went into pizza, you went into gluten-free, and then the latest one is celebration and holiday breads. Yep. Who comes up with those ideas? Is it the publisher? Is it both of you? And what creates, what makes that jump to that next topic using your dough? Uh, again, it was our readers. And mm-hmm. when we were you know, put the put the book up on the internet um, and started our website. I think the very first question that came in is, love this technique. I love the bread. I eat, uh, I, I'm trying to eat more whole grains. How do I adapt this mm-hmm. for whole wheat recipes? Mm-hmm. And we were like, and we got that over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so it became immediately clear that we were going to write the healthy bread book. The other thing that came up almost immediately was gluten-free. I was a pastry chef in restaurants for, you know, decade plus before I wrote a book. I had never, ever heard one request for gluten-free. I'd never heard of celiac. And then all of a sudden we put this book out and it's, we're getting question after question about gluten-free and we had to figure it out because we knew that if this many people were asking about it, that this was something that was going to become really important in the baking world. And so we were getting these ideas from our readers and it just became crystal clear that this, that these books were going to come out. This one that we just put out, the holiday and celebration book, was probably the book I would have put out first, just because mm-hmm. it's the sweets. It's, it's basically a pastry chef in bread form. So <laughs> it's like absolutely everything I love about baking and the holidays and you know that the sort of the beauty of it and the sweets and you know so it's just it's me in a book about bread well it's an astounding book uh marion you you know and for our listeners it has monkey bread it has cinnamon rolls it's got (laughs) panettone it's got all kinds of incredible incredible things and what i find fascinating is that you've become you're not even a cottage industry anymore. You're you're a mansion industry. I mean, you've grown up so much, and the brand is so large now. And I think that you guys are are you're both geniuses for having caught on early to the power of the internet, caught on early to the power of crowdsourcing, and then you've created this closed loop between your readers and your users and what you're doing. So I'm assuming there's more books coming down the pike, right? There are, there is, I am working on another book, but it's actually not with Jeff. I'm starting a pastry series and this Uh is my first time out on my own. So it's, um, you know, Jeff and I had a great time and Mm -hmm. we're best friends and we'll always be connected because we'll always have our, you know, bread book babies out Mm -hmm. there. Um, But yeah, so I'm starting a pastry series that came again from the internet, from my Instagram feed. Which is gorgeous. Thank you. And yeah, so it's, um, it's, it's just so interesting the ways that 
I can connect directly with the people that are reading the -hmm. books and making my recipes. I put up a recipe on Instagram. I'll do a tutorial in my stories. And the very next day, I'll have a dozen people who have made that recipe. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. It's really satisfying for, uh, you know, essentially I'm a teacher and it's really satisfying to see people utilizing what we're putting out into the world. Mm-hmm. So what about writing by yourself, writing with somebody else, writing with this world at large, teaching on Blueprint? You've got this amazing, lovely platform here. But let's, but let's and, and I love the various ways you communicate with people, but let's just hone in for a second about the actual writing. So you've mm-hmm. been writing with a partner for a good long time now, very successfully, and yeah. you've been writing a blog simultaneously. Yes. yes. So you've always been writing alone and with someone else. T- mm-hmm. Just talk about the beauty, the troubles of both, please. Well, I think uh, the first time writing a book and a cookbook, which is the only thing I have experience with, is enormous. It feels like an enormous task, especially the very first one. Having a writing partner was a godsend. I mean, I don't know that I would have had the nerve and... um, you know, sort of the confidence to pull it off. And we were just a beautiful team because he's all about um, spreadsheets and calendars and, you know, uh, staying on track. And I'm all about creative and beauty. And, you know, I'm I'm very much about, um, you know, deadlines. That is definitely one of my things. And bakers tend to be pretty precise. But we just had a very complementary set of skills. And so it really was for just a beautiful partnership that way. We had to make a lot of compromises um, with one another. Um, And Jeff is a doctor. And so putting as much butter into a recipe that I want to and sugar (laughs) sometimes can get a little bit, you know, heated. (laughs) But... um, you know, we were, it was really fun. We had a great time doing it. And so I learned, I got sort of my legs under me in terms of the process and how to do it. And obviously, you know, since we were doing a series, we kind of had a formula of what the books were going to look like. They evolved a little bit and they got better and better, but there was a bit of, you know, a formula to our series. And not that my next book will have that same formula, but I, I have the confidence. I know how, uh, how to go about the process of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, that's going to be different for everybody. Um, but I have my personal process down. And I can take a lot of what I've learned from the bread books and put it towards my next projects. So now that you'll be working individually, with your, yourself as the only author, what do you find to be the most difficult or troubling aspect of the writing process for cookbooks? Well, <laughs> simply the writing. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I'm a baker. <laughs> um, I'm a baker by training. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is how I got into this. Uh, world was because I love to bake. So, so 
developing the recipes, testing the recipes, that is where I, you know, that's where I sing along and I am, you know, perfectly comfortable and happy in that space. Um, The discipline of sitting down and writing about the recipes and researching the recipes that I'm doing. I even love the researching and I, I do like the writing as well, but but sort of stopping and sitting and being with those recipes and being quiet with them and putting it to page, uh, putting it to the paper, um, that's a challenge for me. And once I'm in that groove, I I really enjoy it. Uh, but it's not it's not the same level of ease for me that it is with the baking and recipe developing. So, um, yeah. That makes sense. Do you have some advice to somebody who's a a food person writing on a blog right now? Mm -hmm. She, he knows they've got a great idea. They've got something to say. Yeah. Yeah. What do they do? Go on this, go on the splendid table and you'll get an agent. (laughs) Uh, after, just call into the radio shows exactly. <laughs> I think what you're saying though is to get your ideas out there and test them in the market any way you can I mean that's yeah. what I'm hearing in this story for well I think um <clears throat> yeah I mean I think that there's so many ways to do it now because I think people are starting blogs for that exact reason they're going through other people's books and 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 sort of educating themselves. I came at this process as a professional chef. So I had the confidence in my baking. I mean, that's always been evolving and I've always been learning, but I was really, you know, that wasn't something that I was questioning all along. And I know that I get contacted all the time about how do I start a blog? How do I start this process? I want to be doing similar things that you're doing. And I think that one of the things is to practice your craft. You know, if baking is really what you want to be doing, you need to to sort of focus in on that. And writing is exactly the same way. Because I had the confidence in the baking, it was the writing that I really felt like I had to practice. And that blogging was mm-hmm. such a magical way to do that because you don't feel it's not there forever. You can always go back and edit. Whereas, you know, publishing a book, it's there, you know, and if you don't love what you've written, it's still going to be there in 10 years. But with a blog, it's such a beautiful way to sort of practice that craft. And so blogging every day, even just, um, posting on Instagram and I do write on, in fact, I was just mentioned in the New York Times yesterday for my captions on my Instagram post, which never in a million years did I think the captions were what I would be <laughs> mentioned <laughs> no for, for, you know, because I'm baking all the time and I'm doing the photography. And, um, but I do, I do now love the writing, I think, because I'm describing something that I love. So I think that you know, doing it. I mean, this is, you know, I, I'm not a writer, but I've talked to a lot of writers and that's what they always told me. 
was just write every single day until you feel comfortable in your skin doing it. And, you know, this is 12, 14 years later, and (laughs) it's still not the most comfortable thing for me, but I'm way more into it and enjoy it a lot more. That's wonderful. Thank you. The book is Holiday and Celebration Bread in Five Minutes a Day. The Woman, Zoe Francois. Check out her website, zoebakes.com, and her sinfully, sinfully delicious Instagram feed and stories. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you. This was such a pleasure. Thank you. The book is Holiday and Celebration Bread in Five Minutes a Day by Zoe Francois and Jeff Hertzberg. Get it everywhere that books are sold. And don't forget to subscribe to QWERTY Podcast to keep up with your favorite authors. Thanks for listening.